재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 And you're listening to Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. It is Friday. That means it's time for Project Seoul, the segment in which we dissect city policies, administration, and just check up on the development of this city. We're joined again by Professor of Urban Planning at the University of Seoul, Kang Myung-gu. Last week, we continued our discussion of Seoul's growth as a sustainable city. We're going to veer off in a slightly different direction. Welcome, Professor Kang. What have we got today? Hi, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I will talk about the, the, the continued uh, the historical development of Seoul, okay. especially with a new development. This is a massive city nowadays, 10 million people strong, give or take. But of course, Seoul was not always uh, so big. It was rather small in the old days. Um, what do we need to know to understand the, the rapidity with which Seoul grew? Okay, so overview. So last week we talked about uh, the very early history of Seoul. And since then, the Seoul population had been around 100,000 people mm-hmm. a long time. But, and approximately 100 years ago, the Seoul population reached around 200,000 people. So few. Yeah. And uh, Seoul and physically is comprised of uh, area inside of city wall. Mm-hmm. And then there is a uh, outside area called Songja Shimni. Okay. And all, no Gangnam yet. It's all Gangnam. No, 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 no. Yeah. Exactly. The Songja Shimni is a song, it's a, uh, the castle or city. Mm-hmm. And Jo is a bottom. And okay. Ship is a 10. And Li is a, uh, one of the, the distance measures. So Got it. 10 Li means about uh, 4 kilometers. Very small. So, yeah, that's uh, the city size. And interestingly, most old cities have such a uh, size because okay. uh, that time, the most of the, the major the transportation method is walking. So sure. that's the, about the one hour walking distance. So right. all of the, the, the cities in the world has a similar size. And so... The Seoul was an agrarian-based typical pre-industrial city, which served as a political and administrative center and a marketplace. But uh, during the first half century of 20th century, the, the population increased from 200,000 to a million, hmm. that's five times. Then the population reached 2.5 million in 1960, wow. in a decade. Then uh, 10 million in 1988, so another four times increase. So, but... Uh, in terms of the physical size, the, there is a little change in the area size of the Seoul until the 1960s. So, for the rapid growth in the population of Seoul led to the widespread appearance of the slums and substandard dwellings. And so, Seoul was uh, overcrowded. So, Seoul was an emergency situation to accommodate such explosive population growth that in a, a sustainable development way. Yeah, unbelievably fast growth from 200,000 people to 10 million people in the space of about 90 years, yeah. uh, four generations, give yes. or take. Uh, so, uh, and, and interestingly, you said that the area, the, the size, the physical size of the city didn't really change. So how did so many people crowd into one space together? So, yeah, so while the population has grown 50 times uh, and making one of the world's largest cities during the last 100, the area of Seoul actually increased uh, three times. So from the beginning of the 1960s, many efforts such as the Metropolitan Area Master Plan for the sustainable development and including the Green Belt were made in order for sustainable development. Mm-hmm. And so needed a new place to mm-hmm. accommodate a, a new population. So the many large-scale land development projects led to the expansion of urban areas. 
However, the unfettered growth of the city continued until 1990 when the city's population began to be set, uh, stabilized due to the extensive adjustment to the labor-intensive industrial structure and the metropolitan expansion plan to develop new towns, including Bundang and Insang in the area surrounding uh, the Seoul area. Mm-hmm. So, uh, some of you may know about the uh, Bundang or Ilsan, and uh, these are known as uh, the first generation of new towns. But, however, uh, I would say it's it's uh, it's not true. Because, oh, really? Yeah, large-scale new town development began in the 1960s, and if you look at the the, the statistics, Seoul built seven new towns from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Let me compare the these days new town and the that day 1960s new town. So. Bundang, the, the target population was uh, about uh, 390,000. Mm-hmm. And Ilsan is uh, 276,000. So it's uh, less than 400,000. Sure. And other, the three, uh, the new towns is uh, less than 200,000. Mm-hmm. But 1960s, uh, new towns, including like uh, Gangnam area, is a totally new town. Uh, it's uh, 600,000. And Yeongdungpo area is 800,000. And Kim Cheongyangni. Cheongyangni was also uh, another new town uh, for the 400,000 people. Mm. So the new town at that time the, uh, add up to like a 3 million. So it's, The early it's, new towns were uh, planned much bigger than sure. these Bundang type new towns that we think right, of today. Right. Yeah. So the, in terms of the total population size, it's three times bigger. So mm. it's a really huge. And Interestingly, these 1960 new towns were actually located outside of Seoul, that time, outside of the Seoul boundary. Okay. But the Seoul boundary was expanded to include this area later on. So, simply speaking, today's Seoul is the result of new towns, especially the seven new towns built from the 1960s. And this compact and concentrated development was, uh, I think, is a smart choice for the sustainable development because when we compare the population growth and uh, the physical the, the expansion, it's a really uh, good choice. And thanks to this compact and concentrated development, Seoul can successfully preserve the natural areas and Seoul can successfully provide a good public transportation system and inexpensive, high-quality public services. Yeah. Well, you talk about these new towns, these humongous new towns being built outside of Seoul and then Seoul kind of expanding to subsume them later on, that kind of sounds like urban sprawl to me. Um, but it was it was carefully planned, and it happened in a systematic way, right? Sure. You say it, 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 was hap- it happened in a way that preserved rather than destroyed mm-hmm. the environment. Sure, because, uh, yeah, we need to think about, uh, the, you know, we need to compare the, the expansion com- uh, to the, 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 the population growth, because the... And I would say it's a urban development, if it is properly planned and implemented in the right way, mm-hmm. is the most effective environmental protection measure because we can concentrate the development in a smaller area rather sure. than it's sprawl around. So with a compact development pattern, we, can, uh, we would have uh, less, transporta- less traffic and less congestion and even less energy consumption and less carbon emission. Uh, I think the less traffic thing could still use some work, and so <laughs> I, maybe we could tweak that a little bit. So uh, uh, let, let me point a little bit of uh, some kind of the myth about the city image. City image turned bad around the mid-1800s uh, when the, the, the first industrialization and manufacturing took the center of the city. That's, I would say, is the first wave of the, the, the image change mm. because... 
when the manufacturing are located in the center of the city, uh, the city suffer from the pollution, sure. dust, noise, and unclean congestion, mm-hmm. even disease and crime, poverty and slum. Mm. So, uh, and this kind of the result uh, comes from the basically the laissez-faire, uh, the uh, the philosophy, so individual freedom, unfettered also. economics, uh, let factories spring up wherever they sure. want to, kind of thing. Sh- sure. So. People began to perceive the city as a bad place to live, so they started to escape from the cities. Sure. But uh, this uh, uh, perception created another second wave of the, the image, uh, the, the problem, because you might uh, know about uh, some, uh, the, you know, Walden, uh, sure. by the, written Thoreau, by the yep. Henry Thoreau and published in the 1854. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection upon uh, the simple life. So the, he advocated the simple life in the natural areas, mm-hmm. in the woods. Uh, and also the similar uh, the timing, there is a big movement about the Garden City movement, mm-hmm. which is initiated by the, the Sir Ebenezer Howard in 1898 in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. The concept of the Garden City is to produce relatively economically independent cities with a short commit times and the preservation of the countryside. Mm-hmm. Uh, garden cities arguably do the opposite. Unfortunately, garden suburbs are built on the outskirts of large cities and rely on the big cities, which means it generates another big commute problem, congestion problems. And so uh, it's, it's a, like a dormitory type yeah. of uh, the city setting. So, so, Professor, just kind of uh, to sum up, we're, we're coming to the uh, close of our time here. It's an interesting snapshot of the development of Seoul. Uh, I can't even fathom or imagine Seoul as an agrarian city. But uh, a period of laissez-faire economics and industrialization created sort of a bad image for the city. Then some smart uh, urban planning and some, you know, the... the, the Wandering out of people into these uh, sort of bedroom communities or these new towns kind of helped distribute the population a little bit. And uh, Seoul grew laterally to subsume all of these new towns. It's a very fascinating little history that you've given us. It's basically all the the time we have for today. Professor Kang, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. All right, that's Project Seoul for this week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.